Wouldn't it be great if three idiots picked apart each episode of your favorite podcast? We do that. Wouldn't it be great if we discussed the newest episode, ongoing theories, and predictions for what comes next? We do that. Wouldn't it be great if they didn't ruin the podcast at all and kept everything spoiler-free? We don't do that. You've been warned. Welcome to We Do That, a Taz fancast. I'm your co-host, Chris. And I'm your co-host, that's co-host, Jake. That doesn't work if you have to explain it. And I'm your other co-host, Colin. I think you mean coast. I don't. This week's episode, Amnesty number 42? (laughs) Four, Four score? Amnesty four score. Amnesty uh, Foursquare. Foursquare, wouldn't, isn't, wouldn't that be 80? Amnesty. It's, it's 34. <laughs> Episode 34. It's like, you're so close, though. There was an earlier part of us making this podcast wherein we wrote a script for every episode, so we had this information in front of us, and I feel like there was a reason for that, and we're coming to realize it, and it's because I have no <laughs> idea what's happening. <laughs> To be fair, that script did like it was useful, but lasted like three episodes. Before we're like, no, we got this. <laughs> right, but I mean it was useful to yeah, know the episode no. number. No, it was, and then from then on we've just been fueled by some delirious Rage. belief in each other. <laughs> <laughs> just the the same thing that fuels all white men. Misguided confidence and just loads and loads of privilege. <laughs> That's right. The uh, real winner is privilege. Aww. It's the friends we've made along the way. Um, uh, so this episode, uh, what happened? Uh, synopsis thing. Yes. Um, they went over to Sylvain. They fought a giant red caterpillar. Uh, centipede? Millipede? Red bug thing. Um, yep. Yep, 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 yep. Aubrey did some magic to get rid of Fog. They ran to the castle. Uh, they freed Vincent Goat yeah. Man from his uh, uh, quell-induced whatever. A fugue state, I guess. And um, then they went inside. They noticed uh, Aubrey's presence was making people... Reviving the Sylphs, I guess. And uh, uh, they revealed that at the, it ends with the revelation that she is Sylvain. And Spoiler alert. Along the way, there are a bunch of little vignettes of Griffin checking back on his NPCs in Kepler. All of which I imagine we'll get to in due time. Yeah, I mean, there's, um, I think, kind of a lot in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of good action, which was very exciting. Uh, they finally started rolling well, which is doubly exciting, because I think it moves the story along a lot faster rather than just Griffin choosing what to do to them all the time. Um, it's nice when stuff works. 
Uh, and I, I, you know, I think we're coming to an exciting conclusion and getting some answers to stuff that maybe we kind of knew already, but is hopefully not making more questions that won't go unanswered later. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think there is. I felt like we had very solid forward movement of not just the plot of what's happening right here and now, but like the overall story um, and the overall sort of not just the action, but some answers to questions uh, that perhaps we didn't have before. Some things still don't make sense, but you know, that's going to be the case no matter what I feel like. Yeah, it's getting, uh, yeah, uh, I agree. Um, anybody got something they want to start with? Anything they want to bring to the table right off the bat? Uh, I, I don't. Okay. I'd let us off there. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. That was real good energy. Good, <laughs> good energy. So, Aubrey is Sylvain. Yep, that's the big takeaway of this episode. What? Yeah, great question. Thanks for posting that one out there there, Jake. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Shit, I could have done that. <laughs> um, I mean, the best, simp- the best setups are the simplest ones, and Jake really hit it out of the park. I don't... I think that's... Uh, I think it's cool. I, am, I have so many questions. I, I have so many questions. How? Why? When? Who? For always? Or what? just now? And like, what? Uh, I think it's going to make an awkward end to the series then, because it's going to be like, well, if she doesn't stay in Sylvain, then everybody dies, right? Uh, yeah. Um, or she, or, 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 unless we can't she, take that. That's copyrighted. She takes all the selves back to Earth, and she has an army that is bound to her because they can only be alive in her presence. So I okay. I yes. have you. Love I have it? a couple. Yeah, no, I, have I a think couple. we need to go back. And Colin raised some really interesting points there, <laughs> and I think they merit discussion. I think this would be. She just takes over the world. She has giant. You know animal wear beasts at her not at her command but she could win them over because otherwise they die I just don't okay I mean okay here's where I want to start um is it by saying how great an idea that is Colin please let us explore more this is the best idea I've had in listen great and idea and Colin cannot exist in the same sentence. <laughs> Otherwise, the world will implode. Um, no. So what I want to so two things that I want to talk about. One is they talk about how people start getting better when Aubrey Aubrey enters the room, but um, Clint specifically asks when they have left the room. He's the last one out. D- does he notice anything? And it's, and they say that they keep keep getting better. They are not like. So it is not immediate proximity to Aubrey no, that so is giving them straight. Is it just my, her presence on the planet? That's that was my impression. Yes, was that well, like I've, I imagine that she is some fragment of the crystal, just like the pendant was, and that by sort of being whole again, 
And again, this is weird. How is she... I mean, this is some Final Fantasy shit if she is a crystal and is also a person Whoa. and Whoa. weird. Whoa, spoiler alert. Um, I haven't played that one yet. So, I mean, but it, <laughs> if she's a... Jake, do you think... I'm just going to talk to Jake now. Colin can just do whatever he wants. Jake, do you think that she has always been Sylvain? Because I was wondering if she became Sylvain when she... Like, she was a, a a conduit that then when she touched the crystal... Oh, when her eye turned red? Yeah. Like, if that, if like maybe she was special, like, magically special in Earth terms anyway, and maybe there's some family history there that, like, set her up to be able to do it but that she became Sylvain when she touched the crystal. Hmm. Because I think that becomes an interesting story point, because if that's the case, then the whole reason the Quell was able to rise up was because Aubrey left and took, the Quell, and took Sylvain with her because she became Sylvain. Because her leaving it then weakened the whole planet, you know? So it's uh, all Travis's fault, basically. It's all part of raising an army that is bound to her. It's worth it. Um, that is a good point. I had considered, I, I just kind of went with the, I guess two things. Assumption that, uh, like she is not the crystal, but she's the embodiment of the crystal. Um, like when she was trying to save Deputy Dewey's life, um, and went in and there was that other person in there who I'm guessing was Terra or Gaia or whatever the earth spirit would be. Mm-hmm. That she's sort of the equivalent, where, or maybe it's the crystals, and you know, she's not the crystal, but she has the spirit of the crystal. So, um, a sort of like recognizes like kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, it's something more organic or something deeper. And I, I mean, I think it would even be, I mean, maybe it's when she touched the crystal, but even before then. Uh, Janelle had mentioned that her magic was unlike any other she had seen. So maybe it was deeper. Right. So, you know, I think this gets into some backstory of the little family that we're, we're probably not going to get in the next two episodes, given all the ground and like plot action stuff that needs to happen. But I think there's probably some important Aubrey little, backstory or little family backstory that might shed some light on whether Aubrey's powers are because she has been from birth or, you know, first existence, uh, you know, tied to the spirit of Sylvain or the spirit of Sylvain versus like coming to just carry that spirit with her during this arc. Well, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll say that I was actually disappointed with that reveal because it seemed, and, and I don't know which one's actually more obvious. Maybe I would prefer the more obvious one, but like it didn't catch me by surprise, right? Um, yeah. But what I was hoping it would be was that the pendant around her neck still carried the spirit of Sylvain, and you know she was just, and maybe it still could be. Janelle just might be wrong, um, but like she was unknowingly carrying the spirit. She was unknowingly the 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 carrier or, or messenger of the spirit of Sylvain without knowing it. Right. So like happenstance or fate or whatever brought the pendant to the little family, which then brought it to Aubrey and Aubrey returned it home to Sylvain in sort of a big, long metaphor for life or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of, which 
I guess is a little more like stereotypical or a, a, a more a bigger storytelling trope than. But then again, I think saying you are so vain, like you are the chosen one, like I, I feel like that's a huge trope too. But um, it raises, I think you are the chosen one, raises so many more questions of like, how the fuck did you become the chosen one? Whereas I think I would, I would have less questions if we, it was that this orange crystal is part of that big orange crystal. Like, oh yeah, duh. And it yeah. probably came, you know, came to Earth during a raid. Like we could make up a history for that well, really I quick mean, where we, it came to Earth during a raid and it's like, done. We've already discussed that history. Like that, yeah. that has been the, the idea that at least, at least me and I think you two have mm-hmm. thought for a while, right? Like, you know, and and so I, I feel the tension that you're talking about, Colin. Um, and I think I think this is one of that place where maybe having a little bit more backstory here would have helped. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tricky because we've gotten a lot of backstory on Aubrey in the moments leading up to her sort of ending up in Kepler. But this, what, what I think we're lacking right now is sort of a broader picture kind of backstory that, that in all honesty probably isn't practical to tell in the relatively limited time they have to tell the story of amnesty. Um, unless they're going to build it out into a much larger event because what they'd have to do is dedicate basically a whole episode for the amount of information I would want to get about it. I think it would be like a whole episode of talking about the little family, and that would probably be boring as fuck. Yeah, and so and 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 again, that gets back to sort of the tension that we've juggled about all of Amnesty is Griffin has painted this really interesting picture, and there are so many layers to it that I'm interested in, but none of the layers can quite get as much attention as it feels like they need. Because there are so many other moving pieces all at once. Yeah. Um, and I think it's one of those things where so much... I think a lot of world building has happened in-game, but th- I think there was a lot of backstory building and work on Griffin's part that sort of going unsaid. Um, you know, he knows it to be true, and bits of it are implied and maybe left for us to figure out, but I, I think... I sometimes wonder if either Griffin himself or the four of them have a great deal more familiarity with the subject matter than we do and are maybe not aware of some of the holes that are being left and the questions that those open up. Like if they sort of passively know Aubrey Little's history or like what this thing is, but if a scene doesn't happen to explain it, then we don't, we the listeners don't know. Yeah, I, I think there are definitely discussions that happen off mic that we're never about the story and backstory of uh, uh, not necessarily Aubrey in particular, but of amnesty that we're never privy to. Um, that certainly seems to be the case, just how they interact with each other on on mic. Yeah. Um, that that said, one one thing that would interest me is. Um, well, I guess two things is number one, Janelle really doesn't share her plan for, um, you know, how Aubrey being so vain will help them save the planet. Right. And does it, is it going to end up involving self-sacrifice? Uh, you know, yeah. a, a, a history of media would seem to indicate possibly. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of my 
sort of fear. Um, uh, not that I'm afraid for Aubrey to die because, you know, I've been gunning for someone else to die for a long time. Uh, yep. uh, but the other thing is, like, Janelle could just be wrong. And I think that would be an interesting... Like, it, it wouldn't be an interesting element if she does, like, a villain turn, like a heel turn. Yeah. Um, if she does that and is proven wrong, then it's back to the trope. But if she's just one of the genuine good guys and is wrong, it could be, like, maybe it's not Aubrey, maybe it is the pendant or something like that. Well, um, I mean, I, I, think, I think we have some of that groundwork, Lane, because um, she was wrong about Mount Kepler, right? Like uh, and 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 you know, but it was it was based off a book. Well, yes, y- yes, there was manipulation had happened. Yeah, but the like again, she came into this with pure intentions. You know, morality discussion aside, like her intention was to help, and then yeah. it was wrong. It was bad. Yeah. Well, and that, so the reason I bring up the book is just, not just because of the trickeration or whatever, but because it's, um, like, she was following an instruction manual that was malicious. And when when you said we have a groundwork for it, what I thought you were going to talk about was Lucretia being a dumbass during balance, and her terrible plan to defeat the hunger. Um, but you weren't. So, I'm just going to bring it up apropos of nothing. Because I thought Lucretia, for as far as she was, was a real dummy. But that's fair. I mean, I think I think we've um, established that Griffin might be a fan of the flawed hero, the ignorant hero. Yeah. I don't know what the proper wording for that archetype would be, but like that character that is is altruistic to a fault and just so you know maybe short sighted or tunnel vision or whatever it is be becomes their downfall. Yeah, yeah, and I could totally see him reusing that uh, to to good effect in this case. But I mean, I think I think it's clear from our discussion that there's still an awful lot of questions that are open about this that will be interesting to see how they get resolved. I would also say that um, at least from how I've experienced it, I don't think Janelle is a major enough character for ha- to have her be sort of the. Um, the turning point for this whole thing. Um, you know, obviously she plays a large role in things, but I don't think that she carries the same weight that someone like Minerva might in terms of the person to put that onus on to be the, the one at fault. Yeah. But no, nobody else is there though. Right. Like it's, she's probably the biggest, most important NPC in the room. Um, now obviously they could find a way to incorporate one of the others. Uh, but like, he he made a Griffin made a point to leave Mama behind to leave, right? Barclay yeah, based on behind. the set pieces he's given himself. Yeah, Janelle makes the most sense. Although, and I, I don't understand why Barclay stayed behind. He's got to hold that crate down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems seems like almost anybody could do it. Mm, I, it's uh, a real. I mean, even Aubrey, strong. even Aubrey was like, "We can just put another crate on top of it. It's fine." Just so I. I really enjoyed that exchange, uh, mostly because I think it gave me some flashbacks to during dust with the the bell scene yeah. in the neighborhood, <laughs> w- 
Which maybe just means I like it when all of the NPCs NPCs just gang up on Griffin <laughs> about a choice he's made. Because it's just very, very funny to be like, well, I'm just going to sit here. And everyone, including people Griffin is playing, is like, wait, why? What are you doing? Yeah, what are you? That's so dumb. And then also imagining the inner monologue of Griffin arguing with himself. Yeah. I mean, that's going to yeah. take a lot of mental energy, but it's very funny. Yeah, and he's like, well, I got to leave Barclay on this side. Like, uh, That's it, yeah, that decision is made. <laughs> also, the fact that they almost went through without taking that plastic explosive with them, like, like when he had described it as, oh, they're boxes of plastic explosives, like, hell yeah, take right. that to the heart of the quell and blow that shit up. Uh, I f- feel like that's sort of the tricky, uh, some of the tricky instance, uh, whatever, sticking points of this like storytelling medium is in any other media that those words and then the scene where Agent Stern gives her the plastic explosive is for sure foreshadowing. Like, guaranteed, 100%, that's what it is. But in this one, it yeah. could just end up meeting, it's like, it's foreshadowing or it's possibly nothing. And we will not know until it all ends. Which I, so I love. rolls really badly drops it and there we go like is right it, yeah nope. until it can be, yeah check off c4 or you know basically whatever it is i i did like that aubrey was like no you really shouldn't hand that to me yeah. i do have fire out of my fingertips very good self-awareness by travis yeah no and and i think a lot of like a, there were a lot of these those moments where like i thought like i'll admit to being a little salty before we started talking about it but as we've worked through this like I think there was actually a lot to like in this episode. This was a good episode. This was a far stronger episode, I feel, than the last three or four have been. I think they're, A, I think they started rolling well, which I think puts everybody in better spirits and gives agency back to the PCs as opposed to making Griffin make choices because I think Griffin might be bad at making choices. Um, I think when they're rolling well, I think everybody has a little bit more fun, so they're more likely to make jokes. I think this presented, maybe they all knew sort of that they didn't have to get that far in the story. There's not that much to cover. There's not a lot of exposition happening. So they could sort of relish in those dumb little moments a little bit more than they would otherwise when they're really trying to sprint through and cover some ground. Like, we have shit to do. We have stuff to set up. Everybody's trying to hit milestones that make it impractical to sort of live in the moment where they're talking about who sits on a crate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I, I was just gonna say I totally agree. I think in all it was a it was a fairly good episode. I have some frustrations, and this is this is more meta, but it's like them facing a like shapeless dark cloud again with creatures, and, and it's it's almost I'd rather yeah the bad thing has a name, but it's so indistinct. Like I, I'd rather see the boys facing like. You know, a named and known enemy, right? Yeah. Like ins- instead of almost this the ephemeral or the thing. Hunger. Yeah, yeah. Like have have this is and as as much as I didn't care for commitment, you know, at least there was. Hey, this is the big bad guy that you're after. Um, you know, here's the supervillain. Or well, and I or think it's who's the yeah. murderer in dust. Um, it's right. not. This big existential thing. It doesn't always have to be the world's ending. But I, I think the one advantage that it does have, at least in the way it was implemented here, is because it's 
creatures in some mist, they have a couple more choices on how to deal with it. Like, they can choose to open their third eye, find the creature, fight the creature, or, like, it's mist. Mist is bad. Aubrey can blow it away, and that's a solution in and of itself. Which I think is, is opens more strategies than, like, you go through the portal and there's a giant person in a suit of armor there. Like, you have to kill it. Yeah, I mean, you're not you're not wrong. Um, it does open up other possibilities. And I think I think it's just more the storytelling trope that I'm tired of of yeah. existential world ending threat that our select little group of heroes has to deal with. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh I cut you off earlier though. Oh, uh we were sort of talking about some of the odder and or funnier bits of this episode and I um, would be remiss if we didn't talk about how Dr. Harris Bonkers now uh, has maybe thumbs and oh. can catch arrows and sh- and like catch so, a snake and shit how so taking a uh, yes he can um, I agree that that shit's bonkers if you will mm-hmm. uh but that's a very good. If that's a purposeful pun, I like it very much. It was very purposeful. Uh, not not that you made it, that they're making. Oh damn it! <laughs> Thought I was getting credit for a pun. No nope, one time nope. from Chris. Never for you. Always for Travis. Shit. Uh, uh, but uh, and maybe I should have waited till after everybody said their piece on Doctor Harris Bonkers because a that doesn't make any sense. B I didn't really like any of the little vignettes that Griffin shared. And I was interested to see how you guys thought on them. I didn't really love them either. They they were sort of my biggest critique with the episode. Was... I feel like we are so not invested in so many of these characters. That to keep coming away from where there is meaningful action and development happening. it, It felt sort of weird. You know, and to to I don't know it, it weird is just the right way to put it. Like I didn't feel like those segments really added anything. Um, you know, and I would have rather keep exploring with our with our trio. I will say that I enjoyed them. Um, but I know that I am a sucker for in any media when you get to the big final battle where like all of these disparate forces come together as the big team and are taking on the bad guys. I just love that shit. I like, uh, it, it is the, the feeling you get, uh, for everyone who's seen the latest Marvel Endgame, like the feeling you get at the end of the movie. I fucking love that feeling when everybody shows up. Fucking spoiler alerts, dude. It's fine. It's out. Go see it or don't. But you made I that choice already. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm just I'm just waiting for Disney Plus over here, man. I know you love you love having as many subscription services as possible. One hundred percent. I just want to sit on my couch and watch my media. Um, but I love I love any anything that has like the big ending where the whole team is getting together and fighting the final battle. I'm into well, it. I liked the scene with Muffy. I liked the scene with. Uh, and and I I don't disagree that I I I like those scenes as well, but they work 
when you've built up an understanding and a really deep care for some of these characters. Nah, fuck it. I'm a shallow person. Just give me give me that final <laughs> battle. I'm into it. I love that shit. Uh, I will say, like, I don't mind the scenes. I think they're a little corny. I thought they were corny back in balance with everybody rising up and, and team see, sweet flips I, going around. I dug it in balance because I, we've had some of that development. Well, I think anytime you take Anytime, so like I get it in movies when you cut away from the main characters to see how the supporting characters are doing, because in movies, like yeah, we may have a stronger connection to the main characters, but none of the characters to us have any real agency. They're all part of the same story. But in this medium, when you take it away from the only three people who can impact the world in any way, like it's fine for world building. I don't mind it, but. The part I don't like is when they try to have some sort of emotional payoff during that scene. And so, like, when Sheriff Zeke was talking to Pigeon, and I saw people posting about it and talking about it online, about, like, oh, Griffin did it again. It's like, if one of our characters, if one of the player characters isn't in that scene, it doesn't have that emotional payoff for me. And it whatever payoff they're going for doesn't feel earned because... Neither of those players have, neither of those characters have any agency in this world. They merely react to what the three people do and what Griffin tells them to do. So, like, I don't feel like, yeah, the words sound great and whatnot, but I, I'm never invest, sort of like you were saying, Jake, I'm never invested in those moments because the players that, the characters that have real agency and can impact the world are off in a whole different planet. Yeah, I I understand that. I also uh, want to add, since you mentioned that uh, Sheriff Zeke had a real bad plan. Yeah, like it's a bad <laughs> yeah. plan. Uh, so I think that maybe maybe lessened the effect of the of the moment when he just decided to lock himself in a jail cell. Which I think, based on how they describe things, without all the bullets he had previously laid out on a counter <laughs> yep. outside yep. the jail cell. <laughs> Because, huh? yeah. like, they went, they made a point of saying, like, he's counting them all out and laying them out, and then he left it. And now uh-huh. he's away. And that's just not, that's bad planning, is what that it's is. It's not where bullets go. It I mean, it's seemed, where bullets go, they just don't do anything there. It seemed there. like a very, it seemed like a lot of them had really bad plans. Yeah. It's, I just don't, yeah. and Dr. Harris Bonkers, I don't know what the is going on with that. That didn't make any sense to me. It's just, Griffin making good on his promise to use Dr. Harris Bonkers from it's, setup. It's one of those things that I feel like maybe the only the Adventure Zone can do, where I simultaneously need to know how the fuck Harris Bonkers, Dr. Harris Bonkers, can kill a snake and like have hands and shit. And also, I don't give a fuck if I never hear about <laughs> it again. <laughs> like either either of those options is totally fine by me. We could write that off as just it happened. Don't worry about it. Or you're going to spend an episode telling me about it, and then I'm probably going to talk about it here, kind of salty. Look, I could have gotten it if he had, like, gone over to Sylvain for a while. No, see, and that's what I wonder if is happening, is that because Aubrey has spent so much time in on Earth, or is developing a bond with the Earth spirit, that a similar sort of transformation is happening with Harris Bonkers that the animals on Sylvain, on, yeah, on Sylvain. On Earth. 
Yeah, the, like the, the same thing is starting yeah. to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. is it that like since if if the timer, you know, the clock or whatever starts with when she touched the crystal, like has that time since she touched the crystal, has that been what's affecting it, Dr. It Harris can't Bunkers? be because she ain't spent no time with Dr. Harrisbockers. I mean, maybe a little bit. Not. Well, I have no idea how long it's been. It may not have just been mic. like a week since that thing happened. I don't have any good sense of how long this has been going on for. Well, I, ju- I just mean not on my, on my, yeah. they spend no time together. Right. Yes. I'm sure in like the four five, six months that happened outside of world time, they or mic time. They do, but otherwise, I mean, it's, it's Danny's rabbit. Like, right. And you know, that's something maybe to explore. You know, it's like when well, the, yeah. when your kid wants like a dog and you're like, but you're not going to, yeah. It's what it is. Right, and now it's there, your dog. Yeah, it's yeah. now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, I guess we haven't talked about Duck or Thacker much. Uh, Duck did kill the centipede, and I just remember thinking, he's like, I take out Beacon, I'm like, alright, Duck takes off his belt. <laughs> Seems like a good time for it. Perfect. His pants fall down just a little bit. <laughs> just every time, every time Justin says that, I imagine him saying, "You know, all right, I take off my belt." <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I so um, you mentioning that Colin that we haven't talked about Duck and Thacker yet sort of points out that if we end up with the fact that Aubrey is Sylvain, like fuck, is she on a different level than? Duck and Thacker are in terms of characters, <laughs> like yeah, such oh, a great. wild, wild power disparity that like all we're going to be talking about for a while is Aubrey and Duck and Thacker are going to become secondary characters that's, more so than they are already. That's what it felt like a lot of it uh, in this episode where that they were. I mean, they were doing stuff, but they were, you know, they don't seem like the fo- even though Duck is the quote unquote chosen. Uh, it's in like. Every MMO where you, the player character, get two little assistants who run around with you, like Aubrey is playing the game, and then those are two NPCs who are following her around to sort of do damage support. Yeah, which doesn't feel great. And, and I, I feel, mean, probably not to either of them either. I feel like Clint's big moment already sort of happened when Ned died, uh, although I thought that was pretty stupid too. Um, yeah, it feels like Clint's characters are getting a little muddy. Um, just for lack of background and connection, but also, I think we talked about a little bit like, who the fuck is Thacker? Why does he exist? Why can he do what he can do? What's his whole, like, what's his whole deal? We just, like, we just don't have enough to really form that character into the one who, like, somehow negotiated with the Quell to revive Vincent. Yeah. That- because he, like, because he rolled good, but that doesn't translate to what actions we're supposed to be imagining his character taking. Yeah, and I feel like there were a lot of, you know, we're getting to the point where narrative sort of takes precedence over roles. And so if you roll well, you're going to get whatever the hell you want in interest of the story. Just to keep it moving forward and at a good clip. Yeah. Which is fine because they've long ago determined their storytellers above real play players. I mean, yeah, and I think you know, I think I've I've made my peace with that as much as I'm going to, um, but it does seem like good roles, good roles get them out of good role playing, which is tricky. Yeah, that's that's I've never that's thought about catchy that. Catchy as fuck. 
That's a that's a good way of putting it, though. Put that on a T-shirt. Or uh, don't. Yeah, we'll probably, kinda, we'll, probably wouldn't sell well. It's kind of like a negative sentiment. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't I don't know that it would sell well, all things considered. Certainly not something you want to broadcast, but who knows? Um, yeah. But Duck, so Thacker has his moments. I think when he's sort of sewing off his Sylvan knowledge, Duck, I do feel like was just sort of the DPS character this whole episode. Like cut up that centipede and then sort of be around in Sylvain. <laughs> like I don't know that he really did a whole bunch. Yeah, and I I don't. Yeah, I totally agree, and I don't know that like. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think he's the DPS character. It's like, keep this shit off our back, and if you guys need some fighting done, I'll do it. Otherwise, I'm just sort of here for the ride. Despite the fact that he's the only adult in the room. Right. And the only one with a skateboard. Which has yet to make... I mean, I hope so. He should have skated down that road to the castle. Would have been sick. I would have loved it. It would have been a very good scene if he popped out a skateboard and just sort of rode down to the castle and, and then yeah, like, just kick, like, kick flipped his way up to the gate. <laughs> Follow me, guys! And takes off on the skateboard. Later, rad dudes. <laughs> it's like that Disney movie, Brink. Except not really, because that was rollerblades. But close. Definitely close. Yeah, they both have wheels and are on under your feet. Nailed it. Perfect. That's what I want to take us home. Skateboard or rollerblades? I would rather skateboard home because uh, rollerblades, you have to change your shoes. And then what do you do with your shoes? But what about heelys? Heelys are just a danger to society. <laughs> and I think probably, probably why all the kids are into Fortnite. <laughs> um... I'll flesh that theory out later, and then I'll get back to you with that one. Um, speaking of getting back to you, I think that ends the episode. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of We Do That, a Tan Taz fan cast. We are so happy that you decided to join us for another week for some exciting amnesty discussion. We are coming into the end of it. And as Griffin announced during their sort of housekeeping notes during the last episode, they are going to take a... Uh, one, two, three week break and then do a double episode. So, which he then predicts will be the finale. So we are going to also take the same break and we are going to come back with one big finale episode for you on September 26th. So the Thursday after the supposed part two of the finale, we will be back with a new episode of a double length episode of We Do That discussing all of Amnesty's final moments or all the things they haven't gotten to yet, because let's face it, if they say it's going to be two, it's probably going to be three. As always, please hit us up on Twitter with all of your thoughts and feelings. How are you feeling about the end of Amnesty? Are you as excited as we pretend to be? Or are you done? Are you ready to move on to the next thing? Are you excited about the next thing? You can find us on Twitter at we do that underscore pod or hit us up on our email address. We do that pod at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. We are so thankful to the early for our intro and outro music. And we will see you in four weeks on September 26th for the next episode of we do that. Bye everybody. <laughs>